everyone. Welcome to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter and Cotton. Hello, Cotton. Hey, how's it going? Good evening. Good, good. And we have a special guest. We have Vance with us this evening. I didn't realize I had to be a special guest. I thought I was just a guest. Well, you're you're special. You're very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> the only person I know who could be upset because I called him special. So... It's because you want something. <laughs> no. I just enjoy the company of my friend. That, am, I, am I the friend? Who's the no, friend? No, Bamps is the oh, friend. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're a co-host. I'm the co Yeah. I'm By playing. association makes you not a friend. Right. <laughs> Acquaintance at best. Acquaintance at best. A person I tolerate on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is not what people came to listen to. No, perfect AP. They want some Shut information from us. Shut around. All right, so here's what. So you and I discuss in between recordings what we're going to talk about next. And I said, it's been on my mind lately, like, what would be, like, the perfect actual play podcast? And I said, what do you think when you want to talk about what it would be? Because I imagine for you and I, it would be two very different things because we have different likes and dislikes when it comes to gaming just in general, right? Right. And uh, so you you agreed and you're like, yeah, let, let's talk about that. And I said, well, let's just try to keep it focused. I thought maybe it would be good to keep it focused on just one system, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but we brought we wanted a, a guest and we got Bamps here because Bamps has actually put together an actual play. And, and I'm I, I'm curious if if Bamps would have done anything differently or would have maybe, you know, just would have approached it differently if he had it to do over again. So that's what we're going to talk about. He can hear our ideas and say, here's why I thought of that and it did not work. Your ideas are bad. Exactly. No, he's definitely going to tell us we're wrong. So right. just just deal with it, guys. That's that's just it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm just gonna power through. I'm just, I'm just power gonna through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and I, I want to do a little disclaimer on this one at the beginning right now. When we're talking about the perfect AP, we are not keeping in mind a specific AP we have heard in the past. We are just saying, hey, if I was going to listen to an AP, this is what it would need to have for me to really enjoy it. So I'm not bashing any current APs. I am only discussing what it would take for me to listen to an AP, how to build what would be perfect for me and cotton's going to give his ideas on what would be perfect for him and that's it so this isn't bashing what's already out there i'm just saying this is what i need to to listen to it on the regular okay i don't want to get in trouble i don't want to upset anybody i'm just saying right off the get-go okay <laughs> after this please listen to our why we don't like matt mercer episode from <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's kick it off perfect ap we can we can keep it specific if you want to a Shadowrun AP, or we can just keep it in general. I, I'm prepared I to was, speak about both. I was told Shadowrun, so I, I am can, loaded up oh, for the, right. the Shadowrun AP. All right. the, yeah, so I love Shadowrun. I do. Uh-huh. And I think everyone who loves Shadowrun has the love-hate relationship with various parts of it. By, okay. but, but which I mean rules. Various parts of the which are you know specific pages in the rule book. But moving from that, uh, I love it. It's cyberpunk. I love the elements of noir. I think you should you need to take advantage of the style if you're going to run a Shadowrun game. Uh, and by, by the way, I'm talking about like the style stuff, elements, behind the scenes stuff. Like you should have an editor. 
that's going to be the BAMPS part of this. <laughs> you know, like how to actually feel. Like, I'm here to describe what the car looks like, not what the engine is. I don't, I don't, I don't, I like, fucking red's I don't cool. build it. I just yeah. drive it. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm like Homer Simpson when you designed that and saying that, you know, the Colorado or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> so, yeah, so what you, you're, you're in a very stylistic world. Everything yeah. should be, ma- whatever element you are describing needs to be cranked to 10. If it is a wealthy area, it needs to be the most over the top clearly wealthy it needs to just completely rain down excess subtlety is not a thing you know this is not a world where like money whispers you know or wealth (laughs) whispers money talks like no this is everyone's talking and it's loud and it's over the top and if you want to have someone be discreet and subtle they need to be so over the top themselves to where it's a it's a break like maybe like damien knight or like loafware they are the people who are low-key because they are just so absurdly big Mm-hmm. But everything else, max it out. Neon, wealth, poverty, uh, you know, uh, sex, depravity. Everything needs to be just fucking as in your face and loud and crazy hmm. as possible. I that's what I think. It should, it should be an assault on the senses. All right. What do you think about that, Bams? So I just began thinking of Cyberpunk Edgerunners when I just recently finished, and how I was like, "Yep, that's that's all of those things." And well, Cyberpunk Edge Runners has the the very wonderful added benefit of having visuals, which you know really helps yeah. to sell it. But we're talking just an actual play, an audio podcast, actual play. You don't get to rely on that. So, what do you think about in that regard? Oh man, there's a lot of things that I have to think about running actual play podcasts. The first thing I usually try to suggest to people when they're like, "Hey, should I do this?" is no. Because many people don't realize how much work it actually <laughs> well, takes. I think specifically, like, like the sty- like the stylistic rant I just went on. Do you think this is? W- would you go with this? You said it was like Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So is that good? Is that what we should do? Do you do you think assault on senses is the do way it should be? Do you think it should be like in your face, like you know everything up to eleven? The part I was, I guess, sort of building up to was that you should go into it knowing that you're making an a product. Yes. Like, sure, you can have all that style and stuff, but if you're, if you have your like your 15 seconds of super cool combat encounter style, and then like five minutes of people talking about going shopping, mm-hmm. like that's all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, that was super cool, and then you get paid, and then you flip through the rule book. So you have to have some awareness that it's a product for consumption that other people mm-hmm. are going to be listening to, and having the the initial thought of respecting your audience for their time that they're spending listening to it. So like, I guess you can have all this cool style and do all this fun, neat stuff. But if the product is hard to listen to, you're not going to retain people. Mm -hmm. I guess if this is where I was going that to be successful, you need to recognize that it is a, a product to be consumed. And, and that, that is a good point. You have to cat. You have to to cast the widest net, right? So, in in Cotton's mind, what he feels this is what cyberpunk dystopian future is, and he presents that as a GM or in or in an actual play, and he pushes everything to the to the limit. It may detract some listeners because maybe that's not their view. Like maybe they don't see it that same way. So then I, I can see that you it, it is kind of walking that a fine line of what's going to be the most attractive to the widest possible audience. You don't want to alienate anybody because maybe let's talk the wealth, wealth and poverty, right? 
that there's a big gap in a dystopian future. It's kind of recognized that there's a big gap between the, the haves and the have nots. And if you were to push that to 11 cotton and the, some of your listeners are kind of the have nots because there's a lot of us out here, <laughs> you might be kind of making us like, this isn't an escape into entertainment. You're just reminding me of, you know, like this is basically telling me the future doesn't get any better. And I'm, you know, this, this is just going to suck forever and it might not be fun. Does, does that make sense? Play the indie. There you go. That's it. No, I'm cotton on that part. (laughs) You want fancy escapism? (laughs) The gelatinous cube is that way. Or you know, you get to win if you're if you're mad about being. I mean, there's lots of shutdown games I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. With very socialisticy, we're poor. Mm -hmm. We're gonna like eat the rich. Fucking run Mm -hmm. that game. That's a big part of like Cyberpunk Red. Frankly, is it's it's even more tilted than Shutter. Shutter Run has a fairly neutral approach to how to how your your runners will embrace the shadows mm-hmm. will they work for the corporations but while working against them is it vice versa while cyberpunk red has like classes that are clearly based around that more resistancy fight the power type of vibe i enjoyed playing the man i enjoyed being like the 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 right hand of the of the bad guy or whatever whatever the quote was mm-hmm. from, from pulp fiction you know but whatever but if that's your your lot currently in life, by all means, run that game where you take no, down no, no, yeah. your pressures. Well, I'm not talking about the person running. I'm talking about if you are creating an AP, you have to think about your audience. I, so, I, I just – then if your audience – yeah, you got to play, play, play it to however your audience likes or have characters. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about. Have characters that are going to represent various ideologies or philosophies, at least a little mm-hmm. bit. Have a t- I'm not saying make them like – one-dimensional representations of philosophical points of view. Like, I'm an anarchist, and that's my entire personality. Well, I'm a Hobbesian, and that's my entire personality. Don't, don't do that. But they should have something that differentiates them. So someone has a character they can root for. So you've got the person who is on that, that far-left punk fight the power, everything is corrupt, and you have somebody else who's more pragmatic, more shades of gray, and you can all enjoy who you enjoy you can enjoy the character that mm-hmm. sort of rep- you know reps you who you can associate with i think every piece of media has characters every good piece of media has characters that one can like and appreciate and kind of glom onto when, when i was a kid i was a nerd still am but was then too and so i appreciated like the hacker character in all the heist movies and i wasn't as impressed by like you know the big tough badass and then you get older and you're like, oh, well, I like the mastermind guy. I like how he's like plotting it all out. So if you have somebody that everyone can kind of have a reason to like, there's your white net. I would think that's my answer to that. Okay. So the other thing, like uh, when you talk about the setting, when an AP, if they're going to do fu- anything futuristic, I, I, I haven't really found a, an AP or heard of one that can present the world as it will be like I keep hearing like terminology and phrases and how things work now and how things are now in the AP. And it's like, but this is the future. We're talking like 50 years into the future. It should be different. We should have different slang. We should have different words. I mean, things evolve. So, but I think it's hard to listen to an AP when they try to do it too, because Using the la- the the slang that you can find online for Shadowrun, I think I've used it as a GM, and sometimes it has actually been very off-putting to some of my players. Like, ooh, 
I don't like that. Like they, they just didn't like that word. You know, and it was like, oh, but I, it's I, slang. I, I, but I'm it's slang you that up. book. And people are like, no. And it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to be in the future. I'm trying to use different slang. I'm trying to build the uh, setting and, you know, how it may be off-putting to some people. I think? think that you need to be on the same page with your players in regards to that. Because every time I've ever played a game with, like, a couple people I've never played with, and they start bringing out, like, all the slang Mm-hmm. It is so awkward because you don't know any of it, and so mm-hmm. they're the only one saying like you know Chuma or Chummer or whatever the fuck uh, it is. And then like if they're using like Chummer, they're gonna have like the slang for every damned thing else, and no one else is using it. Mm-hmm. And they're having to like wait. He called me a knife here. Let me, what is that? Oh, that's bad. And that's, that's like bad. it doesn't like click when they should. And mm-hmm. it, it makes it really awkward. It so, may make it difficult for your listeners, yes, to figure out what's even being said if you go overboard into it. Everyone should be on the same slang bandwagon. To whatever <laughs> extent, what person A uses slang, person B, C, and D should be at least aware of and yeah. able to use the exact same amount of slang. I, And even then, I've never liked it. It just never – it's so hard. It's, it feels so awkward to deliver. And it maybe someone can sell deliver. it. Yeah. But so listening wise, uh, you guys have probably you've listened to way more podcasts than I have. Uh, listening wise, when you hear others do it, Leo, who's listening, says the arcology uses a lot of slang. Have you listened to the arcology? Have you does is it off putting to hear them use the slang or does it kind of make you like, is it cringy? Like, what is it? I haven't heard the arcology. Pam, no? are, you, are, are you aware of the it's been some time since I followed their stuff? But yes, I'm very familiar with them. Does it does it hit? I mean, so like when I started listening, I was already somewhat familiar with Shadowrun slang and stuff in particular. So I didn't have like a sense of confusion or seeking context clues. And I can't really think of anything else other than like m- most of the D and D shows that I've run into. A lot of them just have like really generic fantasy stuff. So there's not like a in-depth slang as uh, something like Shadowrun or, or Cyberpunk does. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that has slang like that, because obviously there's things like Star Trek, but I've never listened to a Star Trek AP. So that's like, but they always have goofy made-up words for things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no one knows what it is, because it's always like a MacGuffin for one episode. You know? You know get, tachyon particles. Get the Smythefield. Yeah, get the Tachyon particle. Get, get, get the Smythefield pump to work. And like they never mention that motherfucker again. They might, but... I am mildly against slang. I, I just don't really? think it's 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 hard to use. I have never felt confident when I say the line. I can be like, listen here, motherfucker, or something, <laughs> but I can't say, listen here, chummer. Like, it doesn't hit. Like, it, it kind of, like, like, it, like escapes yeah. my throat. I, I don't, but if you can, if your players can deliver that line with some, you know, some goddamn gravitas. Yeah. Maybe. There you Do go. It. Yeah. Alright. So it's something like, you know, if you're gonna, if you're going to do an actual play podcast and you're going to set it in a dystopian future cyberpunk era try to salt and pepper some sling in but don't rely too hard on it is that what i'm hearing i have two asterisks onto this oh okay there's some asterisks yeah oh like you know you had your thing of slang and then i've got two like little indents underneath of it with with exceptions and details so if you are using slang is like a a thing that you want to try and actually do make sure that everybody at the table is very familiar with it so that this way when 
player one uses slang, player two understands the context and can mm -hmm. formulate a response that helps give better context. Basically, just like in Star Trek, whenever they said the made-up bullshit thing, they would always be like, ah, yes, like this common fairy tale everybody is aware of, or some other, like, yeah. event that was relevant in show 400 years ago, but somehow they all still know about, like, Robin Hood and shit. Yes. And and that is a great segue into the next thing that bugs me about listening to, to APs that are trying to present the future. I want it to be the future. I, I want it to be high tech and and i and i i know we were guilty of this as well in the without a net uh shadowrun series like we would make reference to things like paper i'm gonna write that down on a piece of paper why you're not writing anything on, down on a piece of paper what are you doing with paper who has pencils like at least know. shadowrun is only like <laughs> years in the future yeah but it's like i feel like why would why like it seems like it's hard for I, I I want the AP to be in the future. I want them to talk about how technology would make things easier. You know, well, I'm not paying with cash. Uh, I I mean I'm I, I mean even nowadays I can walk into a store in Amazon Market, pick stuff up and walk out, and I don't have to ever go to the cashier. It automatically scans what I'm taking. It knows what I took and it charges me. That's what it would be like in the future. So you have people that like still want to do that whole I'm at the register paying. No, you're not. <laughs> like it's hard to get that mindset though. But that's I, what I want. I I see what you're saying. It feels a little minor, but I hear it. You want the style, you want a little extra we're in the future and everything just works in, in the way that you would think. Alright, fair enough. I, I I think that you would probably get away with it except for the most hardcore Shadowrun people, but then that's the kind of people who would be listening to a Shadowrun podcast, so touche. Like saying that not everyone would have... Like, the people who are going to listen to a Shadowrun AP are people who are hardcore, and they're the ones who would care about that like you. For me, it's so... It is anachronistic, but it's of my day and age, so I wouldn't, like, realize it was wrong in the same way that like if i saw a, sh a, a television show set in the 70s and someone pulls out like a mechanical pencil i wouldn't say aha that pintail wasn't invented until the late 80s like i would just i would just forgive it because i don't know any better mm -hmm. i think most people would with pen and paper because it's so ubiquitous mm -hmm. it wouldn't like click in their heads or maybe i'm just very forgiving you know i'm not sure where people are on the persnickety versus forgiving angle you know <laughs> Maybe you're very persnickety. I feel Maybe like I was, uh, I've just been defined as being persnickety. You're what persnickety. did you think, uh, Bamps, when you tried to present in the, the Shadowrun actual play? Was it difficult to try to keep that mindset of the future and have to try to think in those terms? Or did you not worry about it at all and just said, hey, I'm just, I'm just running it and saying things and that's it? I didn't give it any serious consideration. It wasn't like, okay, I got to make sure that I neon everything up and stuff for the show. Anything I did as far as that was either accidental or intentional, depending upon how good it was. <laughs> okay. What are some other things that bother you when you listen to APs? Any criticism? Oh, here we go. Uh, Talking if to you. Anyone. <laughs> yeah, you said anyone. I thought it was a follow-up. So when you, when you recruit your players, I would say have some diversity. Oh yeah. To the extent you can have some, you know, I, I would I would not suggest getting a table full of of uh, straight white dudes at the table. Cisgender straight white men, 
find some <laughs> fucking other people. If only because of the follow-up point, I cannot tell voices apart well. So oh, if you have yeah. different people with different inflections in their voices, it will help people, namely me, understand what the fuck is being said. Because this is the biggest problem that I've had with like podcasts I wanted to listen to, is I, I get confused on voices that are remotely similar. And even if I can tell them apart, I have to like rewind it. And then mm-hmm. it's just, it's really, it's harder, it's very hard for me to visualize a conversation over four or five people. And that's especially true if any of them sound remotely alike. It's like a movie, if there's a movie with like five blonde women between the ages of like 25 and 45, I'm just fucked. Like, there's just not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> or, or any of those two attributes. Guy with brown hair. You know, like that's we're in trouble. <laughs> All right, so this is this is something that was that was on my list. So when you're going to do an AP, you you have a few ways to do it, right? You can just record it, edit it, and then drop it as a as just a release, audio release, like like what we do. You can do what Cayman's Rejects does, where they stream, they record the stream, and then they just drop it on YouTube later if you missed it, but you're there live listening to the game. But in both cases. Regardless, you have to know who is speaking, and if you are, if your players are not saying their name, the character name, as they're describing, you know, what they're doing, or, or trying to just every once in a while, just kind of say that until the listeners get used to their voices. But you can never stop it because what if you get new listeners? So you have to constantly do that. Now I know Cayman's Rejects, they stream live and they have little icons for each character, each player character, and they light up. So you know who's speaking, but if I'm not watching that stream and I'm just listening to it, I don't have that. So that doesn't help me. So do an AP well, you need to make sure your players are not every single time, but a lot of the time, more often than not saying the character's name so the listeners can start to get used to who is speaking and tying that voice better to that character. Oh, I love that. You know, Haven looks at the merchant and then says, like that that just immediately yeah. like fucking rescues me. <laughs> you know, that little that little extra touch. That's that's the way to do that. If you can't, you know, in a podcast you obviously can't have things light up. Say your own name. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. It goes back to my first point of like be aware that you're making a product. So you want to be able to make sure that listeners can follow things like that. Yeah. And, and let's, let's get into that making a product because there are some people that just think, no, when I sit at, when my group plays and we sit at the table, it is such a good time. I think we should record it. Cause I think everybody else will think it's funny. It'll, they'll think it's great too. And while I think, I believe, I truly believe the people sitting around that table probably are having the greatest time. That is, in uh, you know, probably years of inside jokes are there. A lot of, you know, friendship and camaraderie are there. And, like, they get each other. Whereas if I'm the first-time listener listening to this table play, I'm not going to get all their jokes. I'm not going to get, I'm going to feel like the outsider sitting there watching a game. So it is very much, you have to ensure that this is a product for a mass audience. Just because your group found it funny or thinks it's hilarious doesn't mean the entire audience will. And so you have to start kind of, I think, being mindful of that. And it's more than just, I'm just going to hit record and everyone's going to love it. Because that's not, right? That is not what it is. If only that's what it was. 
<laughs> only that's what it was. <laughs> if it were that easy, my God, right? I like what Lil's saying about uh, how he's, he's, he hates when they get the rules exceedingly wrong. Uh, fair enough. I do this all the time. My D&D game is out. I think I've fucked up stealth rules every possible way to fuck up a stealth rule. Like, just... And you just make them up. You, you know, like, I don't want to stop and, like, pull a book out. So I guess the answer is, like, fucking know your shit. So, there we, there we go. We found one. If you're, especially Shadowrun. Know the goddamn rules better than me. Here's a, here's a trick with that. If uh, you record and then edit, record, edit, and then release it later, you can just edit out all of the rules conversation, and then nobody ha has to know how badly exactly. you're throwing things up. I definitely ah. think that's a big thing to do. You do need to edit out the rules. You need to edit out the rules talk. It has to just be in character. It, it can't yeah. get into these things. But because of that, that's what I think happens. You get Leo's complaint. They just screwed it up because there's no way that they could do that according to the rules. Like, that's just not how it would work. And if you have a player who really knows the rules listening to an actual play who's just homebrewing everything, that's also, I think, going to really detour listeners from listening. So I, you're right. You have to know your rules. It, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, 100% right all the time, but I do think you probably got to be about... 70 to 75 percent right all the time yeah yeah you know the biggies <laughs> the biggies or if it's uh know, it depends on what it is i'm pretty forgiving mm -hmm. going minor shits but uh but that's thinking that's a killing for taste <laughs> and yeah like you know, little saying he likes a light amount of rules talk yeah i get it 30 minutes and, and the same thing is probably true for any type of extended scene where they spend mm -hmm. 45 minutes buying you know like arrow tips of exploding or some shit. Yo, yeah, and you're like, God, no. that took forever. Just got the, 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 you know, the characters went by the merchants and restocked on supplies. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then that's it. Fucking cut. Ed edit, edit, edit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Narrative. No. Yeah. And that's what Bam says. Yeah. Cut, cut that, cut it out. Just, just cut it out. And that's the whole shopping talk, right? I don't want to hear about you shopping. I don't want to hear you spend your money. I mean, unless it has something to do with the plot, your shopping scene. Because I remember in ours, we we went shopping a lot. I don't know how much if it got cut out, but we went shopping a lot. As I don't fun. remember you guys doing a lot of shopping, probably a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did a lot of shopping. <laughs> I also remember, here's what you get paid, and then you guys just bought stuff between recordings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of this is what we did. I feel like we bought... It was stuff like, like we, no, no, no. we we so understood how bad shopping as a particular problem was. We I think we would send messages like I want to go buy some like some APDS or some shit. No no no, no. I'm not like talking about that. I'm talking about oh we have to do this job. Oh Valerie needs to dress in a a very uh you know come hither outfit. We have to go shopping and we have to buy her a dress. What are we gonna get her? It was that kind of shopping. Like, no, I think we sold. No, no, I stand by us. We sold that shit. I okay. think it was good. I think I think that we were charismatic and we fucking made it good. And uh, like in our in our uh, dressing up scene from the uh, the the, yeah. the uh, was it Knights so Seattle Knights yeah. thing. No, I yeah. think no, I'm good with that. We we were right. Okay. 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 <laughs> so I guess it's right. it's kind of like I said, if it has to do something with the plot, I can get having a little bit of shopping or make it like a montage, a quick little. What do you? What does your character do? But no, I don't want to listen to 30 minutes of you flipping through the book, deciding which ammo you're going to buy. I don't care. I don't yeah. just cut that out. I hope, I hope it's self-exploding ammo. How about that? I hope it's fucking explodes uh -huh. on yourself. 
<laughs> I do. Um, I do want to talk about some. Uh, well, what? if we want to keep on that with characters and the setting and whatnot, I had a few notes on, I wanted to hit. Just, All right, before we get to that, uh, okay, I want to talk ahead. about something Leo brought up. This is something I'm going to disagree with. Leo likes to hear the dice rolls. Now, I don't know if he literally means hear the dice rolls. But yeah, I know some podcasts will put in that dice roll sound. I mean, not not many of them. But I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hear the dice roll. I don't need to hear the dice rolling. I get now, it. What do you think? I mean, they used to do it on like baseball. They would like, you know, hit like on a hit. They would like mm-hmm. slam a, a wooden hammer on the table, like, oh, it's a home run. Like it does. Yeah. Add, like we're a sucker for that. We're humans. It's, it's yeah. the reason laugh tracks exist. Is we all make like fun of laugh tracks. tracks. Yeah, it's like an extra little Is bonus. It? Like it's do meant you like to it? do something. Do you like it hearing the the the, the fake dice roll sound? I think it would be good. It's distracting. I think oh, okay. it would be cool to. It, I think it builds suspense that you. When I hear that dice roll, it, it immediately puts in my head everyone doing the lean over, look at the dice move, and you're like slow motion watching it tumble. And you can even only do it on the big rolls. Like do it on the big ones on where where like this matters. You know the attack oh, rolls. Okay. You're low on health. Set them up. Like I don't think every friend's you know joke on the show friends had a laugh track or he would have a different like a lower one like ha 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 but like yeah don't maybe don't overuse it but i'm okay with it i'm like a little sound effect mm-hmm. a little a little little yeah God, there's a word for things that are fake that are meant to be real but whatever the point being is that <laughs> it sets people's like okay. brains up leo says no he only wants to hear about the results he does not want to eat noise so yeah okay all right well let's get into characters so if you're gonna make an ap I got a I got a, I got a thing to tack on to the end of that. Oh, okay. The problem with having like using actual dice rolls is you get people who do this and they just kind of keep talking while idly juggling the thing, and that comes across <laughs> and is infuriating. Yes. Like, what now? Yes. Well, I don't understand what. Where they, you know, they're talking, describing their characters' actions, and they're doing this, and just kind of like. You can hear the dice in their hands shaking as they're talking. Oh, I, yeah. I couldn't hear that. If you were doing that, I couldn't hear them. But yes, that would have been it annoying had I, I heard it. it. Oh, okay. I'm glad. My, I guess I guess Cotton's hearing is not great. Is the is the what? point of this particular episode? Yeah, but if you want to like splice in a fake dice roll sound where you edited out some rules discussion, like make me a dice pull of X and Y, like cool. That that makes complete sense. I'm down. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm 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 against the that kind of a sound effect. It. I don't care for. Like it. Cotton said, it serves as a auditory cue for something important happening that's true that's true okay all right all right all right now you want to get into characters building a care or having characters in your actual play what in, do you in think the are the key things to remember i think that, that you need to have characters that are again diverse you want to uh, uh yeah i get the actual play and you want them to have different backgrounds in terms of how they interact with that setting so in my brain, when I think of the setting of Shadowrun or Cyberpunk, there's like the nice, rich parts of town, which are clean, controlled, relatively safe. And so if you have a character from the streets, they should feel out of place, and that should be a part of what's described by your GM. The, you know how they, if not how they feel, help paint the picture of why they are out of water, why they aren't supposed to be here, or if they are kind of supposed to be here why they're looked down upon. Like, everyone who looks like them is step and fetch for everyone who doesn't look like them. And that should come across. That should come across when they're there alone. It should come across when they're with a group. That should contrast 
in the opposite way with the characters from or more experienced in that ritzy background. I want to see those etiquette roles. I want to see that if someone's not supposed to be here, people notice, and it's a problem for the heist, and it's a problem for them emotionally. It's it's taxing to be not in a place of people like you. It is just harder to be that way. Um, that should come through the game. People from the rich part of town, on that background, should similarly feel out of place. When poorer people are in the rich part of town, they're there to be the help or to do crime. It's generally the way they're going to be viewed wow. by the people from there. That's fuck. That's fuck. Yes. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, I get you. I get you. In the poor parts of town, the rich people are there to slum it and to sort of exercise their depravities and their vices in a place that won't see them and they can get away with it and with people who can't, who, who need the money. And they're there to be simultaneously taken advantage of. They're the ones who are going to get hustled out of their money because they're not streetwise. They're the ones who someone comes up to and says, I bet I know where you got those shoes from or what street you got your shoes on. You know, oh, it's Bourbon Street because you're on it now. I've had that little hustle try to be run on me. Uh, so that's that That should come through. You should have people feel comfortable and uncomfortable within that group from the setting. I think that should come through. You know, I, I would like to see that when the, when the cops come up and say, hey, what are you doing here? You don't look like you're from here. Mm-hmm. And then like the, 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 you know, pretty boy up shows up and goes, don't worry, officer. Uh, he's just on the way to my house to help rake the leaves. Like that's gonna be a good a good experience, and then they get to have a conversation about it. You get to have that drama where it's like, "Hey, what the fuck?" It goes, "Hey, I'm just trying to get the thing done and not get us in jail. I'm worse. Society's fucked up." They get to have that conversation. I want to see that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the rant on characters and setting. I wanted to say uh, there, there's a difference in these two worlds, and people who are not in that world need to feel it. Hmm. What do you think, Bams? Uh, I feel like that's all good ideas because the biggest part, in my opinion, is having one PC cover for the other, like raking his leaves, because then it's both a, uh, a character-driven thing and that, and that it was a character that started that interaction between two player characters, mm-hmm. and it gives that opportunity. Like, sure, you can have that, but then you should try and make the opportunity to have the follow-up scene later on. So it's like. Uh, inter-character interactions, which is something that I feel like a lot of APs could use more of. Oh, do you think a lot of players are just there doing their thing and it doesn't really, they don't really interact much with the other characters? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure I really have a specific answer for it, other than like when you're running a game and two player character, two players at your table take it on their own to run their own little scene Mm -hmm. and you get to just like let go of the controls Mm -hmm. and let things go is just a wonderful feeling but if your entire table is just i'm just here for myself and i'm just that's it i'm not going to interact with anybody that's kind of puts the kibosh on yeah (laughs) the overall storyline is still something that needs to go on and go forward and stuff but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't put time and effort into the uh the, the character side of the story yeah so that people get to know them mm-hmm. like you said it's a it's a product and we need to get emotionally invested in the characters and if you're not giving me a character i can get emotionally invested in i'm not gonna listen right that i'm, I'm gonna walk away yeah i do that... it with tv shows if i don't care about what i'm seeing if i don't care about the characters i'm gonna turn it off yeah, especially in this day and age where there is so much entertainment oh, at your fingertips, yeah. just 
anytime you want it. Um, so there's so here's something I, I want to bring up. I know that tropes are a thing, and I understand wanting to hit tropes. And and we did it with Seattle Knights. I said I, I want to hit all the cop tropes. I think the only one I missed was the the loud, angry chief of police that you know, give me your badges and your guns now. I missed oh. I missed that. That was the one trope I missed. And I was like, oh, I wish I got that one, but I didn't get that one. So I understand the idea of tropes and hitting them because we love the tropes. We're used to them. They explain a lot to us. We get it. But I think when you're doing an AP, you can hit a trope without giving me the 1000th rendition of your bunny girl, you know, your cat girl, samurai, sword wielding, you know, like I just give me something different. You can hit a trope, but I want you to give me something different, not something that I have seen iteration after iteration after iteration of, right? I want you to be original. I want you to come at, come at me with something different. That's, that's what I want. Maybe other people are happy with having the same old, same old. Okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying. You definitely have a character that's not just your straight off the assembly line type of deal. Yeah. Make them three-dimensional. right off the factory floor. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's right here's the you, you really should we, we've yeah. all seen it I, yeah i think you should definitely think about your standard like, like by all means start with a trope start with your trope big troll so we talky elf etc but then expand it out to where something that you wouldn't expect is there to, and then it could just be one line just one weird non-stereotypical point and then from there you can expand outward and yeah as a, as a gm especially especially if you're trying to make a product this is a creative endeavor. As much as I love mechanics, you're going to want mostly creative type people. You're going to want people who have more improv skill and more general writing type creativity. I don't know if they have to be writers, but they need to be able to kind of carry the weight of having an interesting character. Because it's going to matter a lot more in a product to be consumed that you have some character, a character that's interesting, that can grow and then does. By grow, I don't necessarily mean improve, change. There you go. Transition from something to somewhere else. You had Mary Sue. Mary Sue was a complicated character to start with, and she got a whole lot more complicated by the end of the fucking <laughs> show. This, this I can confirm. That is awesome. That is a cool character. The character uh, RC. I didn't really know how I wanted RC to change until probably a third of the way through the show. Like kind of where I, I'm, I'm eyeballing it. I had an idea of who I wanted him to be. A betrayer? Because you nailed right. it. Yeah, uh, that's that's <laughs> thing that happened. <laughs> it was for the good of the realm. Jamie okay. Lannister. The argument got from it. Jamie Lannister. Yeah, okay. no, 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 but, but I, I eventually got there, and I think most of us did that. I think all of us did, really. All of us had characters that, mm -hmm. were, that changed and grew, and I think most of that came from the players themselves. And because the characters were interesting, they were able to play off of each other. Everyone interacted with each other in a different way. There was it's it's a really cool situation when there's a relationship between A and B, say Mary Sue and RC, and there's a relationship between you know Tom and RC, and there's a different relationship between R between Tom and Mary Sue. It's very different. Like there's points where I could talk to either of you, but the two of you couldn't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You know, that, there you go. So character development, it's it's a thing. It is Be a sure you have interesting characters who can move and change and grow. Yes, yes. It it has to be like it can't just be 
combat scene to combat scene to combat scene. Can't be heist to heist to heist. It has to have some kind of downtime, emotional role playing occurring between characters so we can see growth, we can feel drama. It's it can't just be we do thing and that's it. Yeah. It has it, to have it, more depth. Yeah, have your have your downtime, at least a downtime spot planned. A coffee mm-hmm. place, a bar, somewhere you can reliably get these characters to, to have a conversation mm-hmm. before and or after a run. Uh, that that is good. I have one of my characters I want to say. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about how bringing uh, noir elements in a couple ways. Uh, this wasn't the character, but but it all, well, fuck it. Uh, setting. So, setting. Yeah, bringing some noir elements. I think I think noir is sort of a part of cyberpunk. They overlap in some ways. They're not the same thing. Each has things that's not of the other, but I think there's a, a, a place where you can share some aspects of I like complicated plots. Like I love the movie Chinatown. I think it's just a beautiful movie with an extremely complicated plot that actually is is understandable and makes some level of sense. And I would love to have a Shadowrun game based around that. But the point being is is have things that are happening with machinations. Machinations are part of noir. They're part of cyberpunk. They are a part of Shadowrun. There needs to be kind of a looming thing happening in your storyline. You don't have to have everything plotted out. And this may be controversial, but I think you should have kind of a plot-ish in mind as the players are going. Nothing railroaded, nothing like 100%. I know what they're doing. But you could have some general ideas of movers and shakers as the first couple sessions go where things are kind of playing, are, are, are all kind of like building up to a larger thing. So like have a plan, have a plot, have this kind of, uh, I have a note here for the Xenatos Gambit from TV Tropes. If the players win and they succeed and they achieve a goal, make find some way to make a silver lining for this for someone who's pulling strings. And if the players lose, one, have a plan for that, by the way. If the players lose, uh, how are you going to handle that? That's, and we can talk about that for a second, but have them have a, have it, have a silver lining for them. Like whoever whoever loses in the in the whole scheme of things should get kind of like a boon of some kind to sort of help draw this plot. And so when it actually happens, like when when a climax occurs, you want there to be pulls and references built up over time. It's kind of like you plant a tree, you know, and and you you know you you don't know exactly where it's going to go when you plant it. It might veer to the south. It might veer to the north. However, it's going to point. But it needs to, have, you know, when it's all done, it should connect back to its trunk. There you go. I hope that wasn't too esoteric. No, I'm with you. Go on. Okay. So yeah, same thing with the NPCs, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, you said go on, so I was like, fuck it. I'll keep going. I thought you had more. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, well, NPCs. Don't okay. don't kill them off instantly. Get let them grow. <sighs> Shadow runs a mean world. I know this. NPCs are not long for this world always, but if you bring them up and immediately kill them, players are going to know that every time you bring up an NPC that they have a giant target on their back. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to have a bit of a plan for your NPCs as well, I think. These are the two controversial statements I had. There. You may may respond and show these ideas or approve of them Um, as you see fit. uh, So NPCs. NPCs are there, again... It's a product. This is not just a chance for your players to just murder hobo NPCs. 
Like, they're there for a reason. They're a character in the story. Unless something, you know, grievously happens and you know, like, yes, I have to kill them. Fine. But they shouldn't, like, every NPC they meet, they shouldn't be killing. Like, but, and, and that brings up, like, the whole murder hobo aspect. That gets old really fast. Listening, if all, if every time I listen to the podcast, the, the, the players are just kill, 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 kill. Like, that's not what I want to listen to. Right. That that's not it. That's not going to engage me long enough. Uh, it's I'm going to tune out. So I think your players need to again, it's a product. They have to keep that in mind. This is not about them. And I think that's the big one of the biggest things about an actual play. Everybody that's doing the actual play, you are not there to play the game for yourself. You are there to create a product for your listeners to enjoy. It is not about you. It is about them. You have to do things with that in mind. Oh, will they like that? Because I I think even RCU had an issue like, oh, I want to roll that back. I want to do that different. I think we probably rolled just maybe two or three things back, didn't we, Bamps? Where we were like, oh, no, we're going to change that. Because it just didn't feel like it was the right way to go. I vaguely remember some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know I can think of it as a very specific time where it happened in Vampire Recording. And I think there was a time r- right after RC shot Mary Sue for her own good. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it after the fact. And I think Kant said he he wished he could have had that one back. But Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I very much remember saying specifically I would like to have that mm-hmm. back. And we very much would not let you. Like, like the entire cast was like, nope. No. This because everybody else thought it was great story-wise, you player-wise felt like, oh no, I don't want to do that. And it was like, uh-uh. Story-wise, it was better, and that should always trump. I think that should always trump. If story-wise that was the better way to go, fine. But if story-wise, no, it wasn't, then okay, we, you know, we'll go a new direction. We can always, you know, bring it back, roll it back, and, and go a different way. Y'all, y'all were right. I mean, I, yeah. I fully agree. I just, it was perfect. Yeah. I can't, I do not deal with like tense shit well. Like, I I just could barely watch No Country for Old Men because it was just too goddamn <laughs> tense. And so, like, I always want to like put in like, haha, fart joke, which is terrible. And I, <laughs> I mostly resist this shit, but not all the time. And like, man, that was heavy. Uh, a lot of that shit was so heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was just, oh, I was like, oh, God, no. I, I, yeah. I killed her. No. Yeah, it, was, it was it was good though. <laughs> like, it, it was good though. It was plus great. she had that shit coming because she's crazy. She yeah. had that shit coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. It it is it, uh, and I guess that's that's a, another thing. The players that you select. How do you select your players? What is the best way? Is it you pick your friends? Is it you just find people? You know, you say, hey, you know, and maybe you try a couple games with them first to see if you like, maybe, you know, will you guys gel? Do you just pick randos? Like, what, what, what? Yeah, Bams. Yeah. Yeah. Auditions. Leo says auditions. We only had one audition for one character and he was fantastic. And we've kept him ever since. And that was Tom. That's why he was out because he won the audition. Like we auditioned yeah. like ten people, so yeah. it wasn't like we auditioned one person and nailed no, it. We auditioned, we auditioned like ten, and we loved him, and he's been yeah. with us ever since. So no, no podcast of True Randos is ever going to work on its first shot. Not on its first shot, no. No, because you don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're literally random people you came off the internet and tried to do a thing, and 
even from just like the basics to make sure that everybody's mic quality is good everybody's availability is good everybody gels with each other in uh creative and constructive ways like you find out somebody like they live in a they live in a place where they don't have control over their backgrounds and all of a sudden it's just you know they got their mom yelling at their sibling to get off the xbox because it's a dinner time and trying to record and it's just the worst it it is that is something i uh, you know even if your friend you you know they're your best friend but they have a shitty mic and they always have a barking dog in the background sorry bestie either change the environment get a new mic or you're not in it and i think you have to take a hard line if you want a you know a good ap you have got to have people who are going to have good equipment who are going to be able to control their environment who are going to have great mic discipline not okay great mic discipline and people who can actually stay engaged and be in it and not distracted doing other things like fraud checks for work they have to be there they we're playing to tower defense it. games yeah right? tower defense games they have to be there and engaged with it and know what's going on and the other thing i think very important this is this is the one thing i think will make or break it is continuity consistency in putting out the content so child free don't have anyone with kids i'm not saying no you can have kids you can have kids and still do it tom has kids he's still able to do it very specifically Uh, just had a second kid when he started yeah he had a newborn yeah so i mean it can be done it can be done done. you have to commit but you can't sit there and go oh well i can't this wednesday well we always record on wednesday yeah but i have something come up if that happens over and over and over again, you got to get rid of that person. Yeah. You have got to always be recording and it has to be consistent and it has to constantly, constantly happen on that recording day. Now, our podcast itself this year has been horrendous for us. We've lost so many recording nights and, but we've still managed to still put out the content, but it, it's gotten a little hairy for us this year. But we're all very dedicated to doing it, and so we'll work it around. We'll you know, be able to record on the weekends if we have to. We do solo sessions. There's always a way to figure it out. If you don't have that dedicated core group of players and GM that are willing to put everything aside and really like dedicate this block of time to it, you will not find success. That will just kill you immediately. It doesn't matter how great everything else is. If you are not consistently putting out content, you're done. Pretty much, yeah. That that's absolutely <laughs> accurate. So should we should we move to the the big bugaboo? What? That is mechanics. Ah, uh, nobody needs mechanics and APs. Mechanics kill an AP. Not as fast as missing drops, but yes. Yes, I mean I love <laughs> mechanics. That's why I made a rigger because he's ugh mechanic he's a heavy. mechanic. Well, he, no, he is a he is a, he was an actual mechanic. He like with a wrench. That was right, the so, joke. Uh, that was the joke, Jupiter. How much mechanic? Well, I don't like mechanics. How about that? <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them in any form. Yeah, they keep having changed my headlight fluid, and I'm mad. <laughs> headlight fluid. <laughs> anyway, so all right. So what's the right amount of mechanics to include in an actual play? Because to me, that's the same as having a rules talk. I'm not gonna go full bore on you um you should know your stuff at least shadowrun has the fact that most characters once they have been created 
do not radically change what their capabilities are, and therefore the rules tend to be pretty much the same. Like once you've done one auto fire with your like Spaz Twelve, you've done the same auto fire. Like, they, they don't it, the, the the way to get to the, to the number is hard, but once you're there, you're kind of like there, and, or and it, it should feel familiar to you, and maybe even as the GM as you've progressed. What I really wanted to say. Again, without getting too crazy, because we've kind of talked on it in the past, is your level design have ways for your characters to both to to all sort of achieve the goal, you know, like either talk to the guy at the front or hack the, you know, the 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 door in the back, or talk to the guy and have him slide you by. Give leave him open ended, and again, I don't want to do a, a, do a full like here's how to design a shadow run. We actually have a podcast episode on that. And if we were professional, we would know what number it was. So you could go back and easily find it. I think it was just, we make a shutter run, we like in one episode. We can make sure our sound editor finds out which one that is, and we'll include the link. That's right. I love giving other people work to do. Uh, it uh, <laughs> makes me happy. Uh, I'm a fixer at heart. What can I say? But, uh, but yeah, leave them, I would say, more or less open-ended. And I would be really careful on the hacking, because hacking in Shadowrun Run is bad. I don't know if it's good in Cyberpunk Red. I don't know what game it is good in. I wish I knew. Uh, did we just lose somebody, by the way? No, it's okay. Just, oh, Go okay. on. Go on. Uh, yeah. Be be very careful with how... I would say very much limit hacking to the... Uh, break open the, the door, like a, a, a relatively quick event. Have them doing be doing it while the other players are currently engaged in something. It could be a firefight. Like, that's... I, I, I frankly would almost never have the hacker go full bore into like fighting ice and shit unless it was they're on the clock and they're doing that shit while they're under assault and like time is of the essence and so their turn is actually matter it, it, like, the same way the players are shooting at the assaulting forces you're shooting at the black ice it's really like you're in the firefight at the same time for the love of god avoid the hacker mode where hacker has to go like way too goddamn deep and everyone else wants to go get pizza there you go that's my biggest mechanics thing that would that would kill a podcast immediately with just one guy going hacker mode i i don't think it's good i think it would get boring really fast and i think you'd actually take your players earnest and professional though they may be and deplete their desire to fucking be there which will generally come through and I don't think we ever did that. I don't think we ever had, like, Tom go, like, full hacker. I think I do not think it would have been good. Maybe maybe some people would really want to hear that. Maybe we would have all been able to maintain and not play tower defense. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. That's that's my quick and dirty. Well, what do you think about this, James? What do you think? So here's the thing. You, most of my commentary about making sure your rules and stuff is to not use a lot of homebrew. Because, sure, at a normal table, homebrewing is fine. You can do whatever you want with whatever you want with the rules. But kind of like getting the rules wrong we talked about earlier is if you're speaking one language or like one dialect of a language, and that is the rules of this game, and I'm speaking a different dialect, I'm going to miss a whole lot. And I'm going to be real confused as to why certain things are happening in certain ways. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't mesh with what I know. I believe, but it's been like two years, in the Van Primer episode I did where I talked about some of the rules that we were using, I mentioned the small tweaks to the that we're using for house rules with like specifically learning disciplines where you're supposed to like get resonance for a thing and how I'm just like, yeah, I'm not interested in doing all of that because that's a lot of work. But it was stated that 
you know, I'm not going to focus on this aspect. So this way, when people are listening to it, they're not like, oh, my God, why aren't they ser searching for phlegmatic resonance or something like that? Although the one time when it would have been relevant, it was actually completely accurate to what would have been needed. Because it's also the kind of thing, like, I think whenever you guys really bought new disciplines or out-of-clan stuff was in between a little time skip, which, sure, as experienced vampires, like, you guys know that you would need to go do this, that, or the other thing in order to advance your character in some way. All of that stuff doesn't necessarily need to be on screen, but it should be consistent. I don't know. So I think the... I think what listeners enjoy when it comes to Shadowrun actual plays is not just the character development and, and that drama that goes on, but when it does come down to the heist, I think anybody that's listening to a Shadowrun actual play is going, if this was me, I would do it this way. I would do the job like this. This is what I would do. And I think if you give them enough mechanics talk to kind of give them to detail so they can figure out how they would do the heist, I think that's good, but I think that's pretty much like the only spot I want really want to have it, and I only want it just a little bit. I don't want to get too in the weeds on the mechanics of things. I, th I think everybody listening probably knows a lot of the rules well enough to, to kind of get the gist of what's going on, but I also think they do need a little more information about how things are working and, and that in order to, at home, play along uh, with coming up with how they would handle the job or if they wanted to steal the idea to run it themselves absolutely oh oh my gosh please if you're going to do an actual play you don't have to come up with your own stuff steal 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 that's the whole point steal steal from everything documentaries you see on tv episodes of tv shows everything steal Not i call wrong. it drawing inspiration but steal it shadow run steal it indeed <laughs> steal it <laughs> it's a shadow run steal it as a great artist once said, good artists steal, good artists copy, great artists steal. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I made that quote up. Oh, Did you? Wow. Yeah. Mm. I stole it. You stole it? You made it up or you stole yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, let's talk about this. I know I know. when we started without a net, everybody deferred to BAMPS. BAMPS, this is your project. We are just here to help you. And you were very much like, no, this is our project. Yeah, and I was it, all of us. And we were like, no, no, no. You get final say. You get final decision. It's your project. We are here just to help you. So what do you think it should be for a, a successful actual actual play? Do you think it's decision by committee? Everybody should have the same equal vote? Or do you think one person must take the helm and run it? I mean, it, somebody should be a tiebreaker, but that's about it. <laughs> somebody should be a tiebreaker, All right? Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you get into those situations, and then in that situation, you should have somebody, preferably somebody who it is consistently be the one that's like, okay, well, since we're split, Mm -hmm. We're going to go this way. Mm -hmm. I think I don't like decision by committees. I want one person to just be the lead. If you will be the leader, I will follow. That's it. I will, I will, whatever you say, sir. I, I think if you have too many cooks in the kitchen there, everybody has to have their say. So I think things get lost and no forward momentum occurs. How about audit, uh, audibling it into everybody involved should have a say. So this way, if it's only a scene between two characters and obviously the GM, okay, only mm -hmm. those two characters really have a 
a say in the matter mm -hmm. to kind of break up that like decision by committee and stuff especially yeah. when it comes to something like a pvp scenario or potential drastic character changes mm -hmm. yeah yeah what about I mean, PvP? It, oh go on cotton go on I was, we, we you know there were times where like we had opinions about the podcast and we talked to bams and like we worked it out and came up to a you know some type of conclusion i mean yeah it was his it, it was his podcast it was his deal and more or less what he said went but again that and that's i, I don't think we would have done it if we didn't trust bams to begin with like you know he picked people who he trusted we trusted him so there, there was a lot of that there but we didn't just like it, it it didn't feel like I was an actor who was hired for a role, and it was like, here's your deal, here's your position, here's what you're supposed to do, and if you don't agree, feel free to start your own goddamn podcast. That that was never how it <laughs> was or felt. It was very collaborative, and I think you'd want to have people who you could collaborate with while still having that executive person who's going to make a call, having listened to the opinions and advice of those that they are working with. I never knew I had all this power. Fuck, who told me that? Uh, I fucked up. I, told you <laughs> I, I think it has to be that. I think it's just like with a, a, a football team. There's a head coach. Everybody else is there, to, to, but he is the final say. That's it. He trusts other people to do their jobs, but he is still the final say. And and that's how I treated Bams. Bams was, he's, he's the head coach. You know, I can give my opinion, but ultimately, if he said no, this, then I'd say, okay, fine. And I never had a grudge or was upset with him or was like, that fucking asshole doesn't know what he's talking about. Never once did I ever say those words in that context. I heard you thinking <laughs> them, though. Yeah, I never said I never said those words in that context. I typed them <laughs> in other context. I, I typed them into my, into my chat bar, but I deleted them before I sent them. Yeah, yeah. I You're typed wrong. them into a text-to-speech <laughs> engine, which I nope, didn't send to him. I've never thought a bad thing about the man, not even once. Never. My friend anniversary is coming up. I can't say yeah. anything for you. <laughs> there is a, a side point I want to add to that that was mentioned. Hmm. Sort of. So for us, we do have a Patreon up and some other small things in order to supply the monetary side of things. But that's a very important thing to discuss and yes. have set up. Not like necessarily set up like crazy business stuff set up, but set up in the way that you have an idea of how that is going to be handled before it becomes a thing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because like, If I, you have a Patreon, yeah, you do need to figure out how the money goes. I had no idea how the money would go. And I, and I really, I wanted to play Shadowrun, and I got a few free meals out of it, so, like, I'm good. Like, that's been, <laughs> that's been more or less where I'm at. <laughs> Occasionally, Vance buys me, like, a cheeseburger meal, or, like, with a taco bar, and two gen cons, go, fuck, that's all I need. I'm happy guy. We bought you a pizza. We had a date. I bought you a pizza and we listened to the audition game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You used that. Wait, you used like staff money for that? I bought you pizza. No, 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 money. no, no. I just <laughs> bought you a pizza. No I, I, no, I just bought me you. No, no, no. I bought you. I'm saying you said you got free meals. You did. You got free meals from the show and from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should uh, rekindle that uh, tradition. But anyway, that's your hand over there. <laughs> Of Jupe buying you pizza, buying him pizza. Yeah, yeah, at least, yeah. I like that part of it. That's a good tradition that we should that we've yeah, built. Yeah, okay. I could say something, but it would be incredibly sexist. But wow, that what has that stopped you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how do you, how do you suggest that the money should be? 
Oh, well, that's real complicated in a lot of situations or easily becomes complicated because, like, it, let's say you have the GM is in it with their significant other. Well, now you have, like, two people that kind of have that level of sort of control. But I guess I'm just kind of defaulting to the GM being the person that would have access to that stuff just because it always feels like, even in, like, table games, that whoever's the GM has a significantly larger expectation of responsibility like they're the ones that are usually like okay this is when we're going to play next and when a new book comes out they're usually sort of expected to get it which gets expensive Mm -hmm. so i guess just by default i kind of just assumed that they would be the one to manage that stuff as far as like a patreon or a podcast thing would go so like i'm the only person that has control of any of the without a net finances it's connected to my accounts and stuff but it's also the kind of thing that I try to make sure we spend that money. I did a little bit of a bad job with it recently in time for Gen Con this past year, but oops. But it's like the website, the hosting, uh, whenever we have swag like the dice or buttons or whatever, like I'm always paying for that and then reimbursing myself out of the Patreon. Mm-hmm. But it's also the kind of thing that if anybody asked, I'd be like, hold on, let me log in. I'll print out a... Uh, like a screen grab of the the payouts and stuff of the Patreon. So making sure that at least with your cast, you're very, very transparent with that kind of stuff. But at the same time, also keeping it in one person's hands means that if anything ever happens, either financially on accident, on purpose, or with the friendship around the table, that it doesn't doesn't get any worse than it has to, I guess. Yeah, because it can. I, when money's involved, things get squirrely, right? And I, I think we've always said we are not going to become rich on this. We're just not. That's not what's going to happen. But if we get enough Patreon to just keep supporting it, the show, the actual play, then we're happy. And we've done well because we've been able to support the show, do swag. We've had to buy equipment, just hard drives, just to hold the storage for stuff. I mean... We have that stuff. And I don't think any of us have ever once asked you for a printout to see where that money... We've never asked for an accounting, have we? No. No, never. I I, I, I don't care. I, I'm here just to, to do my part, and that's it. The other thing I will bring up, though, and, and I'm a proponent of this. Not many people are. And I'm not throwing shade to my fellow castmates. I'm just saying. I think you should support the show you're a part of. And if you aren't doing work, like Oz does editing work, he puts in hours every week, he gives in that way. I can't give in that way. I give in money. So I support via the Patreon. I give money every month to support the show. And I know Tom does that as well. I think it's. I think if your players are going to be a part of the actual play and it's important to them and they care if they are not contributing via working for the AP meaning editing or graphics or sound or things like that you have got to be contributing dollars you have to have some form of skin in the game and it is not just the recording session that's not enough you have to have some skin in the game you have to be a part in some way uh i think that's important to have that cohesive group and it is having one person uh, run it who can, you know, manage the funds and you trust them and you know they're not going to do anything stupid or silly or, you know, go buy, you know, alcohol and just go on a bender for a weekend. They're not going to do that. They're going to make sure it the funds are there. 
but it is a discussion. You're right. That has to occur beforehand. How is this going to be done? Who is going to manage it? What kind of things do we need? Like what kind of things are approved to spend this money on? And it's, it's a quick conversation, but it's just something that has to be adhered to. It's the prenup part. It's the prenup. It's the prenup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nobody, it, it, that should be number one thing. Like your players need to understand you aren't getting paid for this. This is a labor of love. That's it. You are not getting paid. If anything, you should be paying money into the AP. And that's how it works in my mind. And that's it. That That's what it, you're not going to make millions on this. It's just not going to happen. But it's not like I haven't. I mean, you've gotten us stuff. We got the the boxes for Vampire. I get the swag when it comes out. I get some of the swag, you know. So, I'm I'm happy with how it's run, and I I think we're probably very lucky in that we've never had an issue, a financial issue, come up amongst the group. It has certainly been a pleasure to not have to deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. On a on a similar note of having to have that conversation beforehand, like. It's going to cost you money because mm-hmm. you've, if you're releasing it truly, it's just a straight audio thing onto like Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify and stuff. Like they're going to charge you a hosting fee. Uh, if you have, we use Podbean and over a certain size per month, Podbean charges you, mm. which surprise releasing like eight or nine hour long things a month is going to put you over that limit. And then, you know, a website, sure, you could have like a Facebook page or something that's, I don't know, I hate Facebook, so I'm automatically bridges against it. But like, it's it's going to look like every other just generic high school project website. So getting that stuff set up, the, the website, the hosting, you're, you're out probably $250, $300, depending upon skills. So whoever's going to cover that cost and how you guys break that up is is real important and has to be discussed beforehand. There are options like putting it up on YouTube and stuff, but you know, then your listeners would have to pay for YouTube Premium so they could download it and listen to it with, mm. with the screen locked. So I think like uh, Cayman's Rejects is a is a good example of everybody's using their own talents right they've got one person that can do editing and pop it up on youtube got another person that could do graphics and makes the make they make great twitch overlays beautiful and uh you know they've got somebody who understands social media management and promotion and cross getting building relationships with other organizations and getting that cross promotion occurring there they all have a different uh, talent that they are using as they pull together to do an actual play. And that is like, that's a great example of like coming together and doing it. So that's, I, I think it works great when you have that. But if you don't have that, like we don't have anybody who's really good at social media. We just don't. We've always struggled with promotion in that way because you don't want to do it. And I don't want to do it. And nobody wants to do it. <laughs> so it it's, I tried. It's I really hard. tried. It's Twitter. hard. But it's really hard to do. It is a, that's why it is a paying gig for so many companies. It is a paid job to manage the social media. It is a it is a very skillful thing to be able to do. And yeah, we just struggled you, with it. Why are you also talentless? I am very talentless. I'm sorry. If you need some trucks dispatched, I can help you. <laughs> I am if the you want to uh, uncover money laundering. 
I'm yeah. here for you. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to commit fraud, I can help you. I can if help you. If you want to start fraud, Jupiter can, can help, help you. you. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> it's unfortunate tell. that we just have these wrong set of skills for it, it is well, well we're, you know what we're not diverse we're all a bunch of old motherfuckers who do not like social media we didn't like it much when it came out and it's only gone downhill from there we think children should be outside playing and not voting or having opinions uh and not on social media for god's sake like i just i just can't do twitter i was a twitter guy for a minute I would say shit, and I really like try to be like upbeat. And goddamn, nobody would respond to me a fucking yeah. bit. It All takes I a would while see to build engagement. Yeah, yeah the, the only thing I ever why I got zero. Well, <laughs> I quintupled our zero engagement to also zero. Uh, the only thing I'd ever see is everything that I hate about Twitter, which was like some people were shit talking vamps, and I couldn't stop, but to, I couldn't help but to look at it. Like, oh, let me just read this. And I hate Twitter more now. Okay, I hated the idea <laughs> of it. Now I actually do hate it. And and now there's a thing called TikTok, which is mm-hmm. less evil. I think TikTok is a mm-hmm. lot less, except for all the Chinese data. But uh, <laughs> I'm like going to know all of our shit. But it, it's, it's a world that I genuinely don't understand. Mm-hmm. I could be on Reddit, but, like, I argue mm-hmm. politics on Reddit. So the last thing I need to do is be like, come check out our podcast. But anyway, <laughs> we need to tear down the homeless camps. Like that would not, no! you don't need to have them the same username. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So you definitely need to, if you I can. I do not advocate together... for tearing down the homeless. It was a joke. Let me just put <laughs> it out there. But before you get on Twitter. <laughs> Which she's not going to look at anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Is, it is an important aspect, that promotion. And that is another thing. You have to once you once you make a good AP, you've got great characters, you've got great drama happening. You you've hit that right amount of uh, you know mechanics and rules and and editing it out, but you have just enough, and you're putting out the the content every week. You're doing great. You've got to promote, 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 promote. It is not if you build it, they will come. That is not going to happen here. No. You have got to promote it. And if you don't, nobody's going to know about it. So you have to be willing to get out there and chill. And if you aren't, well, you're going to be like without a neck. We've got a good following and we're happy. Yeah. That's our biggest problem is we would have we're to. Uh, yeah. On Cayman's Rejects, they have uh, one of the guys who was on the show. And he, t- he and he like he like reached out to all of us. I think. That guy's out pounding pavement. You you you'd yeah. have to you have to be relentless. And and streamers, I've, I I like to watch certain uh, video uh, game streamers. The ones who talk about it at all are open and upfront over how relentless they have to be. They follow the metrics. They know what like oh this word this gets five more views than normal. This gets ten percent less views than normal. And they hit those metrics and their machines about it. They will openly say I want to do X, but when I do X, I get, my my viewership drops by ten percent. They are always on Twitter. They are always on uh, either well, that or Reddit or uh, YouTube or YouTube Short. Or they're, they're, it's, it's a constant – if you were trying to make this a big deal, the thing that we didn't do. Because we had a conversation, by the way. as a, We all got together as a cast and a group, and it was like, what are we doing, right? I think this, this was maybe before the Vampire Masquerade game or it was somewhere – I think it was before that. And I just flat asked, are we trying to, like, make this big deal? Are we trying to, like – make money are we trying to be big are we trying to have fun and just you know kind of like piddle dick around and see where it goes and the answer was that one we're here to like have fun primarily we want to do the things we want to do 
success is not the overarching objective. And I said, gotcha. That t- and, th- and I'm, I was, I was down with that. Uh, that was where my brain was as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. But if we had chosen the other thing, I would have said, great. People want Shadowrun. Let's do Shadowrun. We have to be on Reddit all the time. We have to reach out to everyone that moves. Mm-hmm. We need to hard sell everyone all the time, always. And but mm-hmm. we didn't want to do that, so we didn't. So if you're out there trying to get that Shadowrun dollar, this is what we think. <laughs> th- this is the wall that we hit, where we just said that we do not wish to climb anymore. So th- mm-hmm. there you go. Well, and also success is how you define it, right? Like to me, I yes. think we are successful. We have a very good fan base, and I appreciate every single one of them that downloads our our content, even finding out that somebody in the Netherlands who knows nothing about NFL football listens to the football recap, having really no understanding of the game, but he still listens to our, us talk about the recap because he gets insights into how hand egg is played. That's amazing to me. And I appreciate that he does that, that they listen. I think it's great. So I'm, I'm happy that we've been going this long and that got a good fan base. I think that is successful. I think that's a success to me. I think that is. So it's kind of like, well, how do you define success? I don't know if you guys define it that way, but for me, I think we are. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hundred with you. There's uh there's an awesome song by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band called Partners, Brothers, and Friends, and it's got a uh it's got a great line that just says, uh, "I'm just proud to have been a part of something that's been so good that's lasted so long." There you go, Bams. Do you have any final thoughts? Oh. What? In general or on that specific topic? <laughs> in general or on that specific topic? For that specific topic, like I guess one of the ways I define the success that we've had is the fact that we have had people spend thousands of dollars to go to Gen Con when like they wouldn't have gone there before us, but went there kind of because of us. Like that's crazy to think about to me. That you know they yeah yeah. They enjoy things so much that they're going to travel across the country to hang out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've met a lot of our fans at Gen Con that they have come down and they probably never would have gone to Gen Con otherwise. And and Leal, who's listening, he said he's guilty, came to Gen Con just this year and, and we got to meet him and it's great that we got to meet him and awesome. uh, talk to him and him and, and uh, Luke, who does Cayman's Rejects. And so that, you know. It's great that we're able to do that. Yeah, that's that's but, been the best part that I never mm-hmm. expected. I would have it like it, it truly was a life changing thing to have been a part of the podcast, and I would have never thought that. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's it's been a great ride, and I I want to see other people make more actual play podcasts and and do a good job and uh, put out a quality product so they can you know enjoy this same thing that that we have this this little community that we've built and that i i really love many of them i've met and i'm good friends with and i I love hearing about their lives and and their thoughts on on the podcast and where we're going and what we're doing so i appreciate them all yeah yeah (laughs) all right we gotta go we've been talking an hour and a half this is a long one for us guys we have three people We we have we have a lot of people to get in there a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts yeah I'd apologize, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> good, good luck, good luck, Grafa. Good luck. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for talking, and thank you everybody for listening and continue to listen to uh, without a net. Thank you. Bye.